0: Cornerstones. Good to see you guys. And we are excited about today. So a little bit different service today. Um, first of all, we want to welcome you. We're glad you're here today. I'm, I'm Mike Morris. I'm the pastor here. Uh, my wife and I were able to get away and go to the beach this week. So we've been at the beach about all week and used it as a week of kind of recharging and planning as well. And um, I'm excited about the sermon series we're starting next week. We'll be starting a sermon series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, Awesome book in the Old Testament, one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it really answers a lot of the questions of life and meaning and why am I here and what is the purpose of my life, and we're going to get into that. So uh, that's next week, so invite someone come back and join us for that. Today, we get to finish up our series called Onward. This has been a whole series about this journey of life that we're on, and and we really all are on this journey. Uh, And and so, knowing where to go and who to follow and uh, this whole idea of who we are are becoming in the process, and today, we're going to be talking about the finish line, what we're keeping our sight on as we run the race, and uh, I'm excited about that. Lucas is going to be bringing the message in a few minutes. But before he comes up and does that, um, we get to hear a little bit about the Freedom Firm. Uh, The Freedom Firm, uh, maybe you're aware of it, uh, maybe you're not. Um, We did a mission trip with the Freedom Firm um, several years ago and sent a group, a team here from Cornerstone to India. Um, And in India, they worked uh, running a camp for women who had been rescued out of sex trafficking. Uh, Leah and Evan Hink, who go here to Cornerstone, are heavily involved with the Freedom Firm. They lived in India for six years serving there. Leah is the current president. Uh, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, Um, and so uh, she's going to share a little bit with us today, but uh, you may recall also during Christmas, we did a special offering for the Freedom Firm, uh, and we were able to donate $12,000 to help rescue women um, from sex trafficking. She'll share a little bit about that and where that's going to and how it's being used. Um, But I don't want to take too much time away from her because she's got some awesome stuff to share. So would y'all welcome Leah uh, and she's going to share with us a little bit.
1: It is so good to be with you guys this morning. As you know, I'm Leah Hank. We've been here um, at Cornerstone for a while, and um, it just. But Freedom Firm was a part of our life before we came here. The first seven years of our marriage, we we lived and worked in India, um, and uh, I get the privilege to continue to serve with them as president for Freedom Firm USA. But really, before I start in today, I want to read you guys a verse. Several verses, actually. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27, it just says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And uh, going down a little bit, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So just as it is with our human body, we as a body of Christ are made up of many different parts with many gifts and talents skills, callings, each and every part is important and necessary, and it's only as we function and operate together that we can see and touch and love and speak and represent Christ here on earth. He chose to work through us, but not just as one individual, but as a body corporate. And so this Christmas you, as this local body, chose to take up the need and the cause of freeing girls from sex trafficking in India. And by doing so, you became this critical part of that extended body serving on the other side of the world. So thank you. I'd like to take a minute to introduce you to the other part of your body there. So Freedom Firm's focus, as you've heard, is to bring rescue, restoration, and justice to minor girls trapped in the exploitation of sex trafficking in India. In rescue, we work to find and free a girl trapped in exploitation, Through restoration, we seek a girl's protection and counsel her on her journey to freedom and healing. And in justice, we ensure that perpetrators are held accountable for their crimes, both for the vindication of that victim as well as the prevention of future victims. It was founded in 2006, and since that point, now 900 girls have been freed. Freedom From has always focused on where there's a need and where few others are working. And so this often means that the ground is tough, the problem is entrenched, and the will to stop it is low. When it began in 2006, it was just a small mobile response team. They'd meet up wherever they found a problem, they'd they'd work to intervene in that problem. Since that point, Freedom From has now grown to six offices stretched across India, you can see the orange dots represent the different locations. And they, each of those offices covers at least a 200-mile radius surrounding that and also travels to assist and intervene with other teams um, in, in, other, in other regions and, or to follow up on the survivors. When Evan and I first joined Freedom Firm, it was at that point about half foreigners, half Indian. We were all working together, pulling together. Um, but Freedom Firm started to grow. And the Indian staff continue to take on this mission and heart and DNA themselves. And today Freedom Firm is entirely staffed, led, overseen by uh, Indian nationals. And I see that as a huge strength. They're all from different parts of India, unique in the different ways. But the one thing that I'd say they all have in common is a characteristic of tenacity and perseverance. You have to, when you have to press forward where there's no political will to stop a crime. You have to press forward to fight those who are, are gaining money from the crime. Um, but they never give up. And it's not that they're so strong or so so well skilled uh, that that uh, that they've got their master's degree in this. Many of them are, are simple, but they trust God and they bring the gifts that they have. Um, and, and they persevere. So as you can see in some of these pictures on the left bottom is where we, we go and we work together with police to say this problem is happening, you need to intervene. Um, they then follow up in the shelter homes to, to, to touch and to counsel the girls. They then go to villages and make sure that the home is safe to find out why was she trafficked in the first place? Can she return to her home? And then they try to give girls the idea that there is a future. You can do something else. Um, You all, as a church, not only did you take up uh, the offering this Christmas and join us to help to rescue two more girls this next year. And by the way, the plan is we hope that um, two of the next two girls who are rescued in the area of Kolkata in the – north if you see the northeast side is Kolkata. Um, one of the next two girls there will be the girls that we will be able to follow up and, and help with this coming year. Um, but not only did you guys do that, but you also recently um, decided to take up the area of Madhya Pradesh to be praying and, and, and interceding for that. and I've circled that area. it's in the pretty much the center of India. it's a very impoverished, dusty, poor, uh, just highways crisscrossing it, middle of nowhere, not cared about state. But in this state, there's at least 70 villages that have generationally made their income from selling their own daughters. Um, and so we continue to press forward in this place. It's it's The work is new, the work is difficult. there's still breaking ground. Um, but we're beginning to see breakthroughs, and ironically, COVID helped a lot. <laughs> um, these the, these villages were suspicious of outsiders. There's they you know they they make their their income off of all illegal things: illegal alcohol, gambling, uh, selling of their own children. So they were closed. But when COVID happened, we were able to begin coming in to bring medicine and supplies uh, to survivors in these places, and it opened the doors with their leaders to where now we're able to hold life skill trainings within the village itself, um, several of these villages, and <laughs> it's, it's that beginning of, of change, helping the women to know, you, you, you matter, you have rights, um, you can do something else, your future is not determined um, by by where you are, by where you live, by your background. Um, And so that that was amazing. Many of you also probably, uh, if you have been following along for a little bit, I've told the story of uh, our youngest rescue to date was um, last year, 11 years old. And shortly after she was rescued, she told the story, uh, or she said, I've never been to school. I, would l- I want to learn how to read and write. And she didn't even have a birth certificate, but our social worker went from government office to office and advocated for her and pressed forward, and she was able to be placed in a school. She's now made friends there. She's now passing her first exams. She's beginning to get an idea that she has a future and a hope. So I love, I love, I love her story. Um, but she is from Madhya Pradesh. She's from that area. She's, she's some of the first fruits of, of what we hope to continue to accomplish there. So we, we, we fight physically in those areas. We, we try to bring um, the uh, accountability to the justice system there, to bring change. But these battles are not only physical, they are spiritual. And so you guys have partnered financially, continue to partner in prayer as well that these um, giants fall. I'd love to hear from you guys. This is a short, very brief introduction to our work, and I'm sure I create more questions than I answer, but I'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, I have a small table over there that has some flyers information. You can sign up for any updates, um, and and I'd love to talk to you as well, and a free gift. Hey, go for the free gift. Um, but uh, so, so I also want to introduce to you There's one fellow, as we all each have our own skills, our own um, thing that we are good at, we can take that and use that uh, for this cause as well. So I want to introduce you to one fellow who is doing just that, something I cannot do.
2: This March, I'm planning on going on a run. Quite a long run around the Red River Gorge, starting in Stanton, Kentucky. It's a 30 mile loop going out towards the native tunnel crossing the red river. The purpose of the run is to raise awareness and money for Freedom Fund. They're a non-profit organization that rescues girls from forced prostitution in India. Since 2006 the organization has saved 900 girls. I plan on running a mile for each of them. That's 30 miles a day for 30 days. It's a beautiful day right now but I'm not expecting to get this every day in March We're going to get snow and ice winds and rain It's going to be fun but there's also going to be a lot of pain But what will make it a lot easier is knowing that there's people supporting me This can be done in a few different ways Financial support obviously goes a long way but you can also support physically Come and get involved Or do peer-to-peer fundraising, where you can do your own challenge and get people to sponsor you for the same cause. The challenge doesn't even have to be physical. Be creative. Just get people alongside you to help support this great cause. But this is an opportunity to make people aware of some of the truly awful things that are going on around the world and how much they can do to change it with just a small donation. I'm hoping that we can raise over $100,000. But that's going to be spread by word of mouth. You tell your friends about it, they'll tell their friends about it. If one in every 20 people to hear about this donate even 10 bucks, that's going to make a huge difference. I'm talking to the newspapers. I'm talking to local TV. I want people to hear. The money we raise will go towards covering legal costs. Paying for social workers. It's getting more investigators. We'll go towards saving the next 900 girls. So this March, get involved. Come to Stanton, go for a run. Or support us through your local churches, in prayer, and financially.
1: So I'm not going to be running 900 miles. I can't imagine doing that. But I will try to do what I can, whether it's praying every day, uh, setting my own physical goals, but I also invite you, if this is something you'd be interested in, coming alongside or, or gathering a group uh, to to join with you in this, um, in this endeavor as well, there's information and I'd love to talk to you about that. But thank you guys, you are a part of this, you have been, and we're a part of this body together, bringing the love of Christ across the world. So thank you.
3: Welcome everybody. We appreciate Lee and Evan there and uh, April and Jason. you know those both those ministries aren't easy and both of them, I'm sure they face a lot of hard times and you know it's really you know in the uh, in the trenches in both of those ministries and it, sometimes it gets dirty, so we appreciate them their their faithfulness there. Uh, so I'm back up here again. I, I only done this about a couple months ago and uh, so Mike sent a message out. Uh, a few weeks ago said see if any of us elders were interested in uh, taking this one on. And, you know, I just thought, well, I just did it. I was the last elder to do it, so it's somebody else's turn. And uh, plus, God, you know, I'm I'm so busy. You know, I'm coaching a couple basketball teams right now, busy at work. My wife's busy. You know, uh, I, I just don't have time. Uh, to you know, it takes me a lot of time to you know put together a little uh, 15 or 20 minute sermon. I'm sure Mike goes through it uh, a little quicker than me, but it, it's a lot of work, a lot of study, and a lot of dedication. So, you know, um, you know, I just didn't even read the, you know, what the what the text was about, what the verse was about. I, I was sure that uh, somebody else would take it. Uh, so a couple of days go by, and I notice that nobody's jumping on this opportunity here. Uh, so I was like, all right, God, I'll I'll at least read the verse and see what it's about. And when I read the verse, it was pretty convicting, which you'll see in a minute. And uh, I felt like he just said, shed the weights uh, and get in the race. And, uh, you know, so Mike mentioned we've been in a sermon series called Onward about our journey. You know, he's touched on uh, being intentional, sharing Jesus, And really just focusing on our journey uh, towards Christ. And today, as he mentioned also, we're focusing on keeping our uh, eyes on the prize. And uh, we're going to kind of hone in on one verse here in Hebrews, uh, chapter 12 and verse 1. Uh, Excuse me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And, uh, you know, being a runner myself, and, you know, uh, all the things I said just before that, that the reasons why I shouldn't do this one, uh, you can see why it was pretty convicting there. And, uh, you know, I like how uh, the Bible sometimes compares things to athletics, and I'm sure some of you Ladies and gentlemen do too that's into sports, you know we see we we can kind of understand it. Paul does it a lot <clears throat> um and the hebrews write, the Hebrew writer here uh from the text we have today is comparing uh the Christian life, the faith race uh to an actual race um and uh even though we don't know who wrote Hebrews for sure, some people feel like it might have been someone close to Paul, so we'll try to unpack some of this I know. We're kind of uh, pressed for time this morning, so we'll jump right in on my first point, uh, enter the race. Uh, you know, over the years, I've ran in a lot of races. Uh, you know, if it, it, when I was competing as an athlete, you know, the coach had to enter me into a specific race. And here, you know, after uh, my competitive career is over, uh, as an adult, if I want to run a race or if you want to run a race, you have to there, there's a certain amount of work you got to do you've got to go in enter a bunch of information and then you always have to pay an entry fee. you know very few races are free. Uh, the race we're talking about today, the faith race, the entry fee's been covered by Jesus, and the finish line is Jesus. Uh, and once we 've accepted Christ, we're on the starting line and as you'll see today, we talk about it 's up to us to begin running. Um as I attempt to work through it today and you know touch on some of these points, I want you to think about where you may be in your race or or have you entered this race yet uh you know most of the races i've entered over over my life have been you know i entered them to compete you know uh you know I entered them either win or you know you know best my time or beat somebody that's in the race uh there's been a few races though. Uh, spe- especially longer races that I've jumped in. That it's more about the journey. It's more about uh, the process. It's more about, you know, spending time with Ashley uh, in the race. It's more uh, about just finishing the race. Uh, and, you know, I know that the race is possible to finish because someone before me has completed the race, you know. So I know it's not impossible. Uh, and it kind of leads us into my second point here, Uh immerse yourself in examples of faith, you know, when I first read the uh, uh, verse and it says uh, since we're s- surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I, you know, I just kind of thought you know, there's all these old uh, saints are up in heaven, they're looking down and they're uh, you know, they're cheering us on and uh, you know, they're watching us uh, and then as I begin to study it, you know, some people still kind of feel that way but uh, I read chapter 11 and chapter eleven, which is also is often recalled the faith chapter or the uh, you know the, the the Hall of Fame of faith. The writer gives us multiple examples of saints who went before us and showed us the way. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here, just give you a few. Uh, he spends a whole chapter listing out a bunch of them. by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sac- sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was taken up to heaven. Uh, by faith, Noah constructed an ark. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on his sons. By faith, Jacob blessed each of his sons. By faith, Joseph made mention of the exodus of the Israelites. By faith, Moses, when born, uh, was hidden for three months. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and these are all familiar familiar characters and stories in the Old Testament that act, the Old Testament actually happened, and these people showed such a uh, ran a, ran a such a great uh, race of faith in their life, and I think the Hebrew writer is trying to show us here that you know here's the map, here's an example, uh, here's how we should run. It is possible to finish these people finished uh here's your motivation when things get tough. you know being a coach um I would say uh, uh close to hundred percent of my knowledge uh has came from you know someone else, a former coach uh someone I coach with or going to coaches clinics or you know getting just studying it out uh you know youtube now you can be any, whatever you want and there's a quote uh. If one man can do it, then another can. So surround yourself. I think the writers are saying surround yourself with examples of faith. Immerse yourself. Join a life group. Read and study your Bible. Be disciplined in studying, serving, praying, connecting. Uh, Use the examples that's set before us. Uh, Paul writes in Corinthians uh, 15 and 33, um, Do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. You know, and that verse is really true as we, uh, as you were growing up, I'm sure you heard it from your parents, you know, you know, watch out who you're hanging out with, the people you're hanging out are influencing you. Uh, It's been said that uh, you you, you are who you hang out with, Uh, you know, so, you know, you got to ask yourself, is your friend group, you know, aiding in your race or are they weighing you down? Are you having an impact on them, or are they having an impact on you? And it kind of leads us into our next part here of the verse. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And my third point: shed the weights and be on guard. In uh, kind of a uh, two, two points in one there. Uh, you could say that in my lifetime, I've had a, I've kind of had a running problem. You know, I've I've even ran myself into a hip replacement at age, forty five or forty six. I can't ever remember. <laughs> One, thing I've learned though that over the years of running is that weight matters. You know, particularly body weight. You know, Mike talked last week about a, a special runner who. Uh, recently broke the marathon world record and if you look at this man he's a small man you know he doesn't look like a great athlete but to do what he does he has to be really light uh, you know there was a time in my life probably in my early to mid-30s that I packed on a few pounds and Ashley will disagree with me but the weight I wasn't necessarily overweight uh, in my eyes uh, and plus it goes along with my point here but I sure was a lot slower Okay, so even though the weight wasn't, you know, necessarily a bad thing, uh, it wasn't conducive to running. Uh, you know, shoes. You know, we look at shoes. You know, the uh, training shoes for distance events. You know, they're usually uh, pretty bulky. They're they're heavier than your racing shoes. They got they got a lot of cushion. They got a lot of stability. You know, you're doing all these run. You know, we seen the guy that's running 30 miles a day for 30 days. He's probably going to need a couple of different pairs of shoes. He'll probably wear one pair of shoes out there. But those shoes are a whole lot heavier. On race day, you want to be, uh, your shoes are going to be very minimal. You know, sometimes only weighing a few ounces. And you'll see these elite guys, you know, the shoes they wear, uh, that, that are really light. Uh. So the rider wants us to see here that, you know, the weights may not necessarily be a bad thing, but if it hinders our race, you know, maybe we should evaluate those things today. You know, uh, you know, running itself has been a weight in my life. You know, if I spent half as much time uh, concerned with things of God, like studying, discipling, connecting, praying, uh, you know, I got, I got to ask myself, where would I be? Where, you know, where what? What would God? Where would my race be at? Where would I be at my race? You know, would I be further ahead? You know, what problems would I've would I've avoided? You know, um, you know, maybe it's your uh, maybe for you guys, maybe it's your past that's weighing you down. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's insecurities. Maybe it's uh, TV, phone, social media. You know, lots of distractions out there. Maybe it's maybe it's sports. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your kids' activities you know we all get busy in life and lots of weights you know the weight itself you know uh it may not be a bad thing but is it hindering your race uh you know to be fair here the hebrews the he, hebrew was written hebrews was written for you know recent converts uh you know coming out of Judaism coming out of the old law uh you know that was the way they Lived that was Moses' law, that was the way they were trained up for thousands of years, generation after generation. You know, and watching the series, The Chosen I don't know if you guys have watched it, it really helps you understand, you know, the place they were in and you know how these rules and things were so important. And when Jesus came, you know, He became the new way, He became the new covenant, and uh. You know, these uh, young converts were kind of, you know, still struggling with the the old ways, with the rules, with the um, dietary restrictions, with the priests, with legalism. You know, and perhaps some of you guys here online, you know, are coming from another religion or a uh, different background and, you, you know, you're weighed down by traditions or legalism, dietary restrictions, traditions that may not be of the new covenant. Uh, maybe you're guilty like me of putting yourself back under the old law sometimes. I think it's important to notice the writer uh, here lists the weights and sins separately. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 3 and 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Paul says in First Corinthians 15 and 31, I die every day. You know, uh, the evil one, uh, Satan, he's out there and he's crafty. And we know this from the Bible in Genesis 3 and 1. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Paul warns us, uh, recent converts in Corinth 1 Corinth, Corinthians 16, uh, be watchful, stand firm. In the faith, act like men, be strong. Peter writes, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He knows our buttons. He knows uh, our weaknesses. He knows what we struggle with. Uh, he knows how to keep us distracted. He knows our past, and he loves to trap us in our past sins. You know, Mike talked last week, too. He, he, he made mention... Um, of that God opens doors. Sometimes he, he he opens doors to divert us, or he closes a door to divert us. Excuse me. Uh, and Satan, he also said, Satan does the same thing. So we gotta, you know, stay close to God. Stay close. Uh, be able to discern between what doors we should go in and what door we shouldn't. Uh, what sins are impeding your race? What what's keeping you from running the race? Uh, as we take a look at the last part of this verse here, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You know, uh, it brings me to my next point here, run your race. You know, as, a, as an athlete, I can remember coaches telling me, you know, just go out and run your race. And I've said that to athletes uh, over my career, too, as a coach. You know, just go out, run your race, or go out and play your game. Uh, you know, and what, what the coach is trying to say there is, You know you've done the training. uh, You know your fitness level is here. Your game's at this level, and you know that if you just go out and just play and not get influenced or drugged down by uh, the other players or runners out there, uh, so long as you don't get cut off, uh, you know, or distracted or trapped, you should achieve your goal that day. Uh, I'm more of a you know, mentioned earlier, I still do some racing here every once in a while. Uh, not so much anymore, but uh, in, I'm more of a middle distance type guy, and I use that word lightly. You know, I like sticking to the uh, 5Ks, the 10Ks, half marathons uh, occasionally. But my wife, you know, she's more of an ultra runner. She likes the long distances. She likes getting out there and putting herself through some pain. And she convinced me a few years back that I needed to run a 50K with her. Uh and I know Larry's back there, he's like, what's the big deal? This guy's running 30 a day, <laughs> but 30 miles is a long ways. Um, and, uh, you know, we trained for it, you know, weeks and months in advance. We, we put the training in, We uh, you know, and through where we felt like we were, we, we felt like we could run at a 10-minute pace uh, if, we, if we went out like we should and not get out too fast. But 30 miles is a long ways, and that's the finish line's hard. You know, it's hard to see the finish line that's 30 miles away, or 30 years away, or 40 years away. You know, veterans of the faith uh, can relate. When you when you run a race that long, it's really just a test of will. Um, There can be lots of distractions. Uh, Times one, you know, uh, a race that long is going to take hours. You know, and it's easy easy to get distracted, and the the finish line can get really blurry. You know, people in the race are a distraction. Uh, It's real easy in the race to get carried away and go out too fast or get competitive and start racing when you shouldn't. You know, and sometimes, not so much in a longer race, it doesn't matter if somebody cuts you off, but if you're talking about a track race or something where uh, 800 meters, for example, is a half mile. Everybody can move in into the the inside lane. And you can think about an elite runner in a race and somebody cuts him off and breaks his momentum. You know, the same thing is true for our faith race. And in Galatians 5 and 7, it says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and keep you from abandoning the truth? Okay. Uh, We often worry, uh, uh, you know, about what others are doing or how they're doing it. As a church, we often look at other churches and say, "Well, they're not doing that right, or we're doing that better." They're, look at what they got going on over there, you know. Instead of focusing on our mission uh, here at Cornerstone, so back to our race, though, uh, our fifty k. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we we had a goal, running ten minute pace. We went out, and you know, with our watches these days, I mean, these things are. GPS, they can tell exactly how fast you run, and we knew, you know, we were hitting the 10-minute pace, 10-minute mile, 10-minute mile, 10-minute mile, 10-minute mile, mile. you know, and after about 10 miles of this, we started, you know, passing some of the people that probably got drug out a little too fast with the lead group, Uh, and, you know, as we passed them, you know, everybody's pretty friendly, good job, great job, Uh, you know, most of those people we, you know, didn't see much of the rest of the day, uh, but the one lady in particular, when we went by her, she wasn't so friendly. <laughs> you know, you could tell she she did not want us to beat her, uh, and we wanted to beat her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she didn't say much as we went by, and we passed her. We didn't think much of it. And a few minutes later, I hear, you know, somebody behind us, and she passes us back, same lady. And uh, we pass her back. Okay, so our 10 minute pace gradually starts moving down, and after a few miles of back and forth uh, competitiveness, there, I looked down and we were doing an eight minute pace now, and we were only like 20 miles in. And this went on for a couple miles, and I didn't really mention it to Ashley, but I thought to myself, uh, this isn't going well. <laughs> uh, eventually, we got by her, and you know, and eventually it did catch up with us, you know, the fast pace in the middle of the race, you know, caught up with us finally, you know, and at times in the last mile, you know, last couple miles, we just, both of us, we were were at the end of our rope, we just wanted to quit, you know, there were some dark times, you know, during that time, Um, and even though we were running together there, uh, and we were able to encourage each other, you know, she couldn't run for me, and I couldn't run for her. You know, we had, we had to do it on our own. Uh, and you know, and some days when you wake up and you just can't stand the pain, the weights, the sins that may be tripping you up, uh, all we can really do is just focus on the Father and focus on the finish line. Uh, and the verse says in there, let us run the race. So we should be running together. We should have uh, our companions, our brothers and sisters in Christ running with us. And we're not competing with them. We're, we're encouraging each other along the way. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to run your race, okay? Children, kids, you know, your parents can kind of try to, you know, show you the way and encourage you and influence you. But you got to run your own race, okay? Husbands, you know, your wives are running. They're, they're out doing the work of God, you know, are you in the race. They can't run it for you. Uh, you know, sometimes life gets hard Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we want to just give up, and that lead to, leads me into my fourth point. Uh, we've got to run no matter what. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, I have a running problem, and over the years I've definitely ran in uh, all, all types of conditions. A memory popped up the other day. It said, you know, Ashley and I were there, and it says uh, 14 miles in 14 degree weather, 30 mile per hour gust. <laughs> so you know I've ran in rain and thunderstorms and wind uh in negative uh wind chills and hundred plus degree days
1: uh
3: I've ran injured, I've ran sad on happy days on mad days uh I was going to run no matter what, and you know you know part of the reason a wise coach once told me that every day you either get better or worse, you never stay in the same place uh and, you know, one thing I've noticed, though, over the years, no matter how much I've ran, no matter what kind of fitness I got, or no what kind of fitness level I got to, you know, I always found that if I ran hard, it still hurt, you know. And we watch, sometimes we watch these guys on the Olympics or whatever, and we watch them, they make it look so easy, and they finish the race, and you're like, well, they're not even hurting. I, trust me, they're hurting, Okay, they've learned to, you know, they, they've learned to push their body to outlandish limits. Um, they've learned to, um, you know, kind of embrace the pain because they know that when the pain comes that there's transformation. Veterans of the faith, are you still pushing? Are you, are you still pushing through the hard times? Are you still running? Uh, are, are you inching closer to the finish line? I think the writer wants us to see here that, hey, we're gonna look, we're gonna run no matter if it hurts. You know, Matt Reagan, who is a pastor out of um at Southeast Christian Church, I think it's over in Kentucky, um, during our life group he uh Mike showed some videos, he done a great job. Uh and I just happened to look him up and he done he 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 done a sermon on the same thing, run your race. And in fact, I stole my last point, run no matter what, from him. Uh, I thought he'd done a good job and he had something good to say. So here's what he had to say. We're going to run even when the weight comes. We're going to run on good days and bad. We're going to keep running when some people are going to give up. We're going to run when, it, when our hearts are heavy with loss. Uh, we're going to run when a family member doesn't understand. We're going to run when a younger younger family member uh, uh gives up. We're going to or walks away. We're going to run when our trust is betrayed. We're going to run when the job disappears. We're going to run when our past comes back back like a vengeance. We're going to ru- keep running because we know when we run, even when it's hard, God is doing something beautiful, something powerful, something permanent. He's transforming us. As many of you may know that during those dark days, that's when God does something great. That's when it's often he does his best work. So God has a specific race for each of us to run, and we've got to run it. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, uh, you've entered the race. You've got to ask yourself, uh, have you started this race? Uh, uh, did you start and quit? Are you running, walking, sidelined with the weights of the world? Does the sin have you tangled up? In Hebrews 12, two, the verse right after the one, uh, our our key verse today, says, Looking to Jesus, the finish line, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us, him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the race is agonizing, Uh, Don't think that once you've entered the race or once you've started running that things are going to be easy. Along the way you're going to have obstacles, you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have good days and bad days. Uh, Run the race that God set before you. You know, I encourage us here today and people online to evaluate where you're at in your race. Uh, Us as a church here at Cornerstone, you know, uh, what can we do to get in the race and uh, put one foot in front of the other? Uh, you know, join a life group, you know, uh, lead a life group, group, get connected, uh, serve, you know, join the uh, ministry that April was talking about today, uh, uh, pray for a freedom firm, join in that, join the hospitality team, join the worship team, uh, just step out in faith and put one foot in front of the other, you know. The, the the cool thing about it is you don't need to fix yourself before you commit, you know. You just got to have faith that God will transform you along the way. Um, the Christian race, the race I'm talking about today, you know, uh, it's not a marathon. I mean, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Uh, often long runs, you know, all you can do is just put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, on days that are hard, all we can do is just plug away. Um, you know, Ashley and I, uh, yesterday, she asked me to go on a little run. I'm not running so much these days. She's been running a whole lot more. But, you know, it's kind of our time. We like to uh, enjoy each other and carry on a conversation. Well, yesterday she was feeling pretty good, and I wasn't feeling so great. Uh, and I didn't want to drag her down, you know, and uh, slow her down. So I didn't make much mention of it. Um, but as she was running, and I was running and trying to chase her uh, – she, she, was talking and I was listening and thinking, man, this hurts. Uh, you know, when we got, we we done a little out and back on the trail. We got to the turnaround point and uh, I thought when we got there, I was like, man. How am I going to make it back? <laughs> you know, I made it out here, but how am I going to make it back? And, you know, really, you know, I thought, you know, it kind of went along with what I'm talking about today. Some, you know, when it's like it, I just I just kept putting one front one foot in front of the other and just plugging away. So, you know, plug away at your um, plug away at your studies, plug away at the hurdles in front of you, plug away at, at your prayer life, plug away at your ministries. You know, we just got to keep keep the faith and keep moving Um I'll leave you with this in Romans two or Romans 5, verse 2 through 5. Uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith and to grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, as the praise team comes back up, um, I'll try to close this thing out here. You know, uh, if you're if you're curious about this race, you're you you have not entered it yet, you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal savior, um we're gonna pray in a minute, but for those of you that are already in the race, you're entered in the race. Uh, you know, ask yourself, you know, during during this closing period, you know, you know, what can I do to uh, get back in the race? What weights do I need to lay down? Uh, what do I need to do to keep moving forward, inching closer to that finish line? You know, there's a communication card in front of you. There, uh, there's the opportunity. You know uh if something's been uh if something's been on your mind a ministry idea or a life group idea you know talk to Larry talk to Mike talk to one of the elders and we'll be happy to point you in the right direction uh, but before they uh, uh we begin in worship let's uh let me pray here father god we just like to thank you uh for this day lord and thank you for allowing uh me to be up here even though I stumbled around, I appreciate you, get me through it Lord and I, I know you're always faithful, uh Lord God, we pray that if there's one here today that wants to enter the race that wants to just turn it over to you God, we pray that they'll uh, just say these words with me God we uh, I know I'm a sinner i know i'm uh I know I'm a sinner because the Bible tells us that we've all uh come short, come up short I know that I've got sin in my life, Lord, and I just want you to lay them down at your feet. I just want you to forgive me, I believe that you can forgive me I believe that you sent my your son uh, to die for my sins, Lord I believe that uh, that your son raised from the dead I believe it and you know in my heart and i' I'm, I'm planning on professing it with my mouth uh God, we pray that you'll just come into my heart today we pray that uh You'll just save me. We pray, God, that I want to I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to learn more. Uh, I, I just want to live, and I want to enter this race and run this faith race that we've talked about today, God. And for uh, the ones that's already in the race, God, I pray that you'll uh, help us to see, uh, you know, where the weights in our life uh, might be and what sins we need to shed and just lay them down at your feet, God. And all these things we ask in your son's name. Amen.